just need some believers. He's just, he just needs some believers. We just got to believe him. Take him at his word. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. We're going to talk about building tonight. I have a couple of parts, and then I looked at the calendar and said, well, you only got two Wednesdays left <laughs> in this month. So I'll give as much as the Lord allowed me to give. Amen. But next week is men's week, and then prayerfully, I'll be, yes, yes. <laughs> then I'll prayerfully be back to conclude it on the following Wednesday. But two parts to it. The first part we're going to talk about, in the natural, we know of self-esteem. But spiritual self-esteem, knowing your value. Before we can do anything, we first got to know who we are in God. We got to believe that we can accomplish things in God, in the natural as well as in the spiritual. And then part two, Lord, say the same. We'll talk about being an asset and not a liability. Being an asset and not a liability. But tonight, we'll start out in Genesis, the first chapter. And over everything, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Amen. Before we go into that, uh, considering the fact of, you know, when we grew up, all of us didn't have the, the luxury, um, the ability to be encouraged in who we could be become. And how great we could be, be it natural or spiritual. Most of us probably didn't have that ability where somebody encouraged us and said, well, you could achieve this or you could achieve that or you can accomplish certain things in life. But it, this day and time, before we can do anything for God, we've got to realize our own value. And the fact that he valued us enough to save us, that he picked us out, chose us, Amen. To become one of his. Amen. To draw us close to him. We are blessed tonight. We are a blessed people. Amen. He could have chosen anybody else. And some he did choose and some didn't choose him back. But the fact that he chose us and we said yes, we are to be grateful tonight. To have that mind to tell him yes. So in the beginning, when God created man and God created woman, he he gave them dominion over the fowls of the air, over the beasts. They had dominion over all these things. It, it's something that God, when God first created the animals, but then he said he had to make man and he had to make woman and make them in, their, in, make them in his own image. And then to give them power. Not of a spiritual power like we have today, but a natural power and ability to be over those things. That he thought enough of them that I'm not just creating you to exist, but I'm creating you with dominion. And dominion is power. Dominion is to rule over that thing, isn't it? And it said over every creeping thing on earth. And I, I love the 27th. So God created man in his own image. So our image today means something. Many times we don't think we look as good as somebody else or pretty as somebody else or as handsome as somebody else. But we are created in his own image. So if God created us, he must love us. 
Sometimes we get caught up in don't who lo- don't love us or don't like us, don't like us, but God like us. God love us. That's the most important thing. If I know that God loves me, I can make it. I can, I can get through whatever I got to go through because I got somebody that loves me. And his love is unconditional. His love, if you make a mistake, you can repent and he can forgive. Man, you can mess up and you can apologize and they may not forgive. Or they may tell you, I forgive you, but I ain't forgetting. And they will remind you of that thing every time they get an opportunity. But not so with God. Once he forgives us, he forgives us. Amen. Let's go to uh, John 3 and 16. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So he thought so much of us that he even gave his only son. And we're very familiar with this scripture, but he gave his only son for us. Remember, the Gentiles weren't his chosen people. His chosen people were the Jews. Amen. But the Bible tells us that we are grafted in. Contrary to nature. That we weren't supposed to be in the places where we are now. We weren't supposed to be in the positions in God that we are now because we weren't his chosen people. But he loved us enough to allow his son to come down to redeem men from our sins. For him to hang on a cross for what we going to commit. Before we even committed it, he hung on a cross. Before you even realized you were going to be doing what you did, he hung on a cross. But he allowed his son to come down. That's how much he values us. That's how much he loves us. That's how much Jesus loved us. And he said, Father, prepare me a body that I may go down. He asked. He volunteered, shall we say. That I may go down and redeem men from their sins. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he values us. You can read the 17th verse. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Do you realize that? Let me read that for myself. I'm sorry. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. He came to deliver Those that want to be delivered. But the world through him might be saved, not through uh, goats and bullocks and animals, but through him. And then we're going to Jude 1 and 20. Did I give somebody that to read? Okay. But before we go there, talking about building. Many times people won't get saved because they don't believe they can stay saved. They don't believe they'll be able to hold on. They don't believe they'll be able to keep their Holy Ghost. They don't be a, believe they'll be able to fulfill what the Bible says they must fulfill. Many times people that are saved will backslide because they don't believe that God is a keeper. They, but they first got to believe that he is a keeper in order to be kept. And then you're going to have to prove him that he's a keeper. Ain't that something? You got to believe him and you got to prove him. That means you got to stand on his word and allow his word to work so that you can see that he is a keeper. Because without him doing it, without you being able to stand on that word, try him, take him at his word, you would never find out. You would never know. So, son, you've got to be built enough in yourself to realize 
what God can do through you and in you and who he created you to be. Many times we live so far beneath what we're capable of living. We become satisfied in just saying we're saved. We become satisfied in just saying I received the Holy Ghost on such and such day and such and such hour and at such and such church or, or wherever it happened. But we can't just get satisfied with just saying it. There's so much more to God. There's so much more to him. There's so much more he wants to do through us. But do we, will we believe what he wants to do through us? Do we believe that he actually saved us to use us for a work? He actually saved us to do a work for him. But we have to believe it. Sometimes we get saved and we feel like, I, I ain't going to be able to do that. that that's, out of my, that's out of my comfort zone. I won't be able to speak or talk or testify or whatever the case may be. But feeling as though we can't accomplish those things. But you got to know who God is. And you got to know that if he called you, he can use you. If he put his spirit in you, let his spirit work in you. Then it won't even be of you. But if you allow the Holy Ghost to work, it's going to work and show you what's in you. But you got to try him. You got to taste and see. We taste it, but are we seeing? But you got to taste and see. Take him at his word and find out what's in you. Everything that he's putting you. Once we acknowledge that we have the Holy Ghost and that we got that power, that power is not just for picking them up and putting them down. That power is not just for hollering. It's not just for running. It's not just for clapping our hands. It, it's not just for those things. But the power that he give us can operate in us and be a blessing to I. We could go to first being a blessing to somebody else, but tonight it can be a blessing to you. It can keep your mind. And you can look back and know and by every account you should have lost your mind in that trial. You should have went plumb crazy dealing with that. Dealing with who, her, him, they. But God kept your mind. But God kept you from saying what you wanted to say. That power on the inside held your tongue. He's like David. He's my buckler. Glory to God. But we got to allow the Holy Ghost to work in us to show what God can really do through us. And first, it starts with us. We got to believe in the power that's in us, that this power really does work. It really does work. But except you try it, you're not going to know. You can, you can hear people testify and say, I, I, they have the Holy Ghost or they got power or they got the spirit or whatever it is. However they may say, but you never see it operating. Is your Holy Ghost in operation? Is it working? Is it working in you? Sometimes we can talk about how it's helping everybody else, but is it working in you? Because we are good at being good believers and having faith for everybody else. But we don't believe for our own. And I'm not talking about for your own household. I'm talking about for yourself. Because when your trials come, your trials don't always just come to hit your house. You got trials that come to hit you and you alone. So do you believe in the power that's in you? I think that was uh, Evangelist Mitchell talking about speaking to that car. She spoke to it and it didn't run hot. 
But your power, how do you operate in your power? When do you apply your power? Is it only active for friends and family, for children, for coworkers? Or is it active in your own situations, in your own dilemmas, in your own hard times? Those things you don't understand why it's happening. But you can apply what's in you and stand on the word of God. Amen. Read Jude 1 and 20. Building up yourselves. We can hear the word preached to us. We can listen to the words and songs that help us. I love listening to music, and I love listening to those songs. They can be so encouraging. But at the end of the day, when that trial comes, when the temptation comes or, or affliction comes, when sickness comes, when these things come upon me, I've got to be built up myself. I can call somebody else and say, pray for me, and, you know, pray for you over the phone, or they may catch hands with you, they may lay hands on you. But when you by yourself, it's you in that trial. It's you in that situation that you're going through. It's you in that sickness. It's you in whatever's going on with family members, disagreements, whatever the case may be. It's you in that situation. But are you built up yourself to stand the wrestle? To stand the fight, to stand the challenge. Even though we may have been told, well, you're not pretty enough to do this. Or you're not tall enough to do that. Or you don't have long enough hair to do that. Or you're not smart enough to do that. You didn't make good grades, so why are you going to go to college? You got to be built up yourself. No matter what people may say against you, and that's in the natural, you got to know you can do it. You got to know you can accomplish that thing. You got to know this is what I want, and I'm going after what I want. And that's in the natural. We will go after things in the natural. We will go after those careers. We will go after those degrees. We will go after the things, that, that suit that we know we don't need, but you believe in God for that suit, and you save up your money and go buy that suit. Or you save up your money to go buy those name brand shoes, them red bottoms, or whatever the case may be. We'll set goals to buy that house or that car to obtain the natural things. But we got to be able to apply the power of God that's in us to obtain the spiritual things. These things don't drop in our lap. These are things that we got to go after. We got to fight for it. Work for it. But we got to go after it. And if we don't go after it, it's not going to happen. I don't care what prophet speak over you. A prophet can speak it, but except you believe it and walk in it, you're not going to obtain it. You got to believe it. If a prophet speak it and you don't believe what the prophet is saying, you, it's not coming your way. And then you're going to say it's a lying prophet. But did you believe? Did you believe it? I've had many times people prophesy over me. And I'll be honest with you, I just looked at them. Because I have always been the one to be picked out to be prophesied to. No matter what church we would go to, I, I, my husband used to say, what, how is your face looking? Because <laughs> people are always picking on you, always picking you out. Therefore, I didn't believe it. And I think back now, I wish I had at least wrote down all the prophecies I got. 
because I didn't believe them. I didn't. But maybe if I had a grain of a mustard seed faith, I never know where God could have taken me faster. But I have decided, apparently, to take the long way to get there because I didn't receive it. So prophecies is only good as much as you believe it. It could be um, you have people that are not saved that can speak into your life because gifts are without repentance. And we were doubted thinking, well, they're not saved. They ain't got no Holy Ghost. Let's see. But how about we change that? God, if it's your will, I receive it. If that's your will for my life, I receive it. And I'm going to walk like I received it. I'm going to walk like it's coming my way. It don't mean it's coming next week. It don't mean it's necessary to come in next year. It may be five years down the line. But when God see it's time to receive, what God has for me is for me. What he has for you, it is for you. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Not just any faith, but your most holy faith. Holy sounds clean, don't it? It sounds clean without imperfections, without spot or wrinkle. That most holy faith. And it says building up yourself. How do I build up myself? Through the word of God and through prayer. Through believing what I read. We can read it, but we don't believe it. We can quote it. But we still don't believe it. We can recite it to somebody else and believe it for them. You know the scripture said, you better believe. You're almost preaching to them. And here you are when you get by yourself. You don't believe what you just told them. But you believe it for them. But it's the same God. It's the same God. If he gave you encouraging words for them, why can't them same words work for us? Why can't them same words work for you? It's the same God. And he works in all of us. Amen. If you have the spirit of God on the inside, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. I can have faith for you. Your brothers and your sisters in Christ can have faith for you, but you're going to have to have faith for yourself in your every situation. Sometimes we can have selective faith. Selective faith. We have faith to pay the bill, but not faith to heal the body. Selective faith. Yes, we pick and choose what we want to believe in. We believe God for certain things, but not everything. But then our Bible tells us that there's nothing impossible to them that believe. That's the catch. You got to believe. Nothing is impossible to the believers. It is impossible to those that don't believe. But we can't have that selective faith, that selective belief. Either God can or God can't. Which one is it going to be? Sometimes you got to rebuke yourself. What you going to believe today? Whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to walk in, talk in? You got to have it in every situation. Prove him. 
And you got to prove him. And you cannot prove him by having selective faith. Only choosing to believe in certain things or um, believing you have, may have two people that have the same need. And our faith will be for one and not for the other. But again, it's the same God. One may have breast cancer and the other one may have cancer in the colon. It's cancer. Jesus took a stripe for our healing. It didn't say what each stripe was for. Did it have to say what each stripe was for? me right there. <laughs> but it didn't have to say what each stripe was for. It's for our healing. And sometimes people may equate it to, uh, is it 49 stripes? 39 stripes, thank you. I didn't knew that didn't sound right. Well, he only took 39, and there's a million billion diseases. Okay? What does that matter? What does that, it, it's not equated to a number because he make numbers count, don't he? So it's not equated to a number. If, wait a minute, let's look at his math. If one can chase a thousand and two can chase 10,000, then his math ain't like our math. So 39 stripes gonna cover it all. Thank you, Jesus. Building yourselves on your most holy faith. All you got to do is believe him. All you got to do is trust him. It don't matter what the case is. Some people were looking at, was it 99 years, Sister Shannon? 99 years in prison. How many years did you serve? None at all. That's the kind of God we serve. Well, you know you were guilty. You were guilty of the crime that you committed. But he didn't make you serve it out. Glory to God. That's the kind of God we serve. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Building up yourselves. Sometimes, this ain't going like it went at home, but hallelujah. Sometimes. You got to remind yourself of who God is in your life. I'm not talking about your neighbor tonight. I'm not talking about your husband, your wife, your children. Sometimes you got to remind yourself of who God is. You got to remember. You got your own testimonies. When your body was hurt and he touched your body. You didn't get to call nobody and say pray. You laid hands on yourself and you believed in your God to bring your healing. Building up yourself. You got to build yourself. You can't face tomorrow trial if you're not building yourself today. Every time you get up, you got to build yourself on your most holy faith. You don't know what every day hold. You don't know what you're going to have to be challenged with. You don't know what your battle is going to be, but you got to build up yourself on your most holy faith, knowing what his words say 
and that you can send on his word. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of what somebody say can't be done, won't be done, impossible to be done, glory to God. But if my faith is built on nothing less, nothing less, the great I am, the alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending. We don't have time to have our heads hanging down because we're so built up in him. We're not built up in ourselves. Now, some people have been saved many years and built up in themselves. But it was never them. Everything that happened that was good, it was God. God did it. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Holy faith. Oh, let's see what the dictionary say what holy means. Let's see which way it's leading. Dedicated or consecrated to God. A religious purpose. Sacred. Sacred faith. Sacred. So not just any faith. Sacred faith. That set apart faith. And not set apart for just particular situations. But for every situation. I, I, I'm reminded of the song um, that said God specialized. In everything that happened. Many times when y'all, somebody may ask me to pray. And many times I'll say um, that God specialized. In whatever that situation is. Whatever it is. Throw anything at me. He specialized. Throw anything my way. God specialized. Throw your best at me. God specialized. We got to believe that to our own soul. So it got to be down in our belly. Because there are some things that's going to come our way or that has come our way to try and shake us off our very foundation. But building up yourselves on your most holy, that's sacred faith. The devil can touch a lot of stuff, but my most holy faith said I can make it. My most holy faith said I can stand. I can endure. I shall be healed. Glory to my most holy faith. Glory to God. And then it said praying in the Holy Ghost. Now does this mean when you go down one, two, three, speaking tongues? That, that's not what that means. I know it's happening, but that's not what that means. We are to speak in tongues as the Spirit give utterance. Amen. Not ourselves. Not when we say, oh, this is a good place to keep my son down. No, it's not. It may be if the Spirit is in it, but not but just because you feel a Hyundai Hyundai. No, that's not how that works. Praying in the Holy Ghost. When you, you know, we, can I say different levels of prayer? How you can just pray and you're thanking the Lord and you're blessing the Lord and thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you. Lord, I appreciate you. But then you have that other prayer that will get where you, them crocodile tears and you almost 
if you hear on Saturday, I, I practically be preaching when I'm praying. But when you really get down in the prayer, you don't care who around or who hear you. You just crying out to God. You seeking God. And then you allow the Holy Ghost to usher you to the next thing to pray. The Holy Ghost will lead you. He may show somebody face before you, and you'll call out somebody's name, and the Holy Ghost will speak something in your spirit, and you'll begin to pray on that man. That's praying in the Holy Ghost. As the Lord leads you. God, that's another kind of prayer. That's that real sincere prayer when you get down, and you're not worried about who's around you. You're not concerned about who's looking at you. You're just in that zone with God, and he's speaking to you and allowing you to smile. He's giving you what to say. He's giving you what to pray. Amen? That's praying in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. Somebody read that. Anybody with a mic? Listen, let's see. It says, um, but ye are, First Peter 2, right? That's correct. You're okay. right. But ye are a chosen generation. Chosen generation. We not just anybody, y'all. We are somebody. He, we are somebody. The fact that he chose us to carry the spirit of God on the inside. We are somebody. We not just that little child that's playing on the corner anymore. We are somebody. We're not just that woman that was with any and every man and hanging out here and there and going to all the clubs and doing every ungodly. We're not those people anymore. That's not who we are now. We are a chosen generation. Remember, I reminded you that we weren't the chosen people, but we've been grafted in. We are the chosen it means something to be chosen, amen? It means something which reminds me, I'll come back to that, but one of the people that came to my mind was David. And with all seven of his brothers was passed by. They weren't the chosen. They weren't the one that was picked. It was that last one that they didn't even think would be the one. That daddy didn't even think would be the one. Because he was of a certain statue, but he was a good looking of a certain statue, apparently, because he was a keeper of the sheep. So what? Should it be the keeper of the goats? Sheep can get out of order, too, and you just kind of tap them to get them back in line. A goat, you got to do a bunch of other stuff to get them back in line. But because he was a keeper of the sheep and he was the youngest, surely he's not the one. But he was the chosen. He was the chosen. I, I was thinking in my mind, how did the other seven feel? How did they feel? When he kept, Samuel kept saying, that's not the one. That, that, that's not the one. That, that's not the one. That, yeah, that's not the one. How did they feel when the young, the baby, baby boy was the one? He was the chosen one. Remind, remind me of Joseph. When Joseph spoke, they, the brothers didn't receive that. They wanted to get rid of him because they weren't going to bow down to him. So they thought. 
So they put him in a pit trying to get rid of him. They wanted to get rid of him. They didn't want to kill him, but they didn't want him in their house anymore. They didn't want to hear everything he had to say. They, they had enough of that. Daddy, I already loved you. You already got a coat of many colors, and we got one color. They, weren't, they didn't want nothing to do with that. They wanted him out. They wanted him gone. Because they weren't getting that dream. That, they weren't getting a dream about they were going to be bowed. People going to bow down to them. But we going to have to bow down to him? But he was the chosen. He was the chosen. And sometimes, taking a curve here, sometimes in being the chosen, you don't know what road you're going to have to travel to get to where he's trying to take you. We may not like the roads that we have to travel in being the chosen. But if we stick with it, we're going to get with where he's trying to take us. In the land of the living, too. It ain't going to just wait till we, we die. But even in the land of the living. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We'll go back, and I may come back to Joseph. Finish uh, reading that first verse. Amen. First uh, Peter 2 and nine. and 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Peculiar people. Holy nation. Royal priesthood. We're not just anybody. We're not just, and if you're not just anybody, you know, you think of a rich person. A rich person has particular ways many times. They only going to stay at the five-star or rent a mansion out for the weekend. Or they only going to ride in first class or have their own jet. They have particulars of what they will and will not do. But we've equated or brought the church and the body of Christ down so that the body of Christ would do anything. But we're the royal priesthood. We're a chosen generation. It don't sound like I should be doing any and everything. I am failure. Meaning I'm not like every, I don't fit in. I'm not supposed to fit in. You're not supposed to fit in. You're not supposed to behave like everybody else. You don't handle everything like everybody else. You don't do what everybody else do in crisis situations. You don't do like everybody. You don't have a tantrum because the test result was bad. You don't fall out in the floor. That's not what we do when we believe. That's not how we handle it. When we believe the scripture that we keep reading. When we running and shouting and jumping over the word. And then when trouble hits, we just lost all our thought. All, all our could. Lord. just lost all our way because trouble is hitting our life. That's not what we, we are peculiar people. We are of a, a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation, chosen to go through what you're going through. Ain't that something? You were picked out to go through that, mother. You were picked out to go through that, Sister Barra. You were picked out to go through that, Sister Mitchell. We were picked out for the trial we in right now. He chose you to endure this. That means everybody else don't necessarily have to go through what you're going through, but he chose you. And then he wants you to prove him. 
when you in it. I chose you to go through it. Now prove me. Show me that you trust me. Show the world what I can do. Show the unbeliever what I'm capable of doing. Sometimes we just look at our situation, feel sorry for ourselves, or get mad about what we're going through. But God allowed it to happen, sweetie. It didn't skate by him. That thing didn't sneak by him. The devil didn't slip some note under the door. God allowed it. He allowed what's going on to go on in your life. He allowed that thing to happen. Sometimes it's a consequence of something else you did. Sometimes it is. Remember the other, David? He had to suffer the consequences of his actions. But still, God loved him. But because he decided that he wanted that woman, somebody else's wife, and then decide I'm going to cover up the pregnancy by getting her husband killed on the front line. He had to suffer a consequence. That baby died. We can make choices, have choices. Some things we go through are of our own making, of consequences, and we get mad at God. But if we tell the truth sometimes, not every case, but sometimes we cause that thing. Sometimes instead of us sticking with the plan, we got off track. And then with that other track, we didn't realize all this other stuff was going to come with the other track. Think of uh, trains. When trains have accidents, you've heard of trains colliding. And that's because the track went away. It shouldn't have went. And so they collide. Sometimes our life collides because of the track we set out for ourselves. We lay things we've set up to happen and they may not come right away sometimes it comes down the line but yes we have to be careful thank you Jesus where were we uh, a peculiar people a peculiar set apart we're different we don't handle things the way everybody else does we don't even look at things the way everybody else looks at them we, I don't do good with negativity. That's just not my, I don't do good with that. And if you know me and you've talked to me, I'm going to pull some positive out of that. I don't care what it is. God going to give me some positive to pull out of that situation because I don't do negativity. Negativity will get you depressed. Negativity will keep your mind cluttered. Negativity will. But when you're a peculiar person and you see something that maybe is not right, maybe not looking right, instead of always being the one to look down on the situation, pull some good out of that thing. Do the opposite reaction to what everybody is saying it should be. Respond opposite to what the devil's saying it should be. We just don't handle things like everybody else. As another reference, as I said earlier, sometimes in Somebody may get a bad report or something bad happens and they can't handle it and they go to falling apart. And how we'll give them those encouraging words to help lift them up, to keep them encouraged, to believe God, to trust God. But when our trouble happens and there's nobody around, there's no phone call you can make, you in a right now situation, what is our response? 
How do we respond? Do sometimes we get an attitude because something happened. Sometimes we go to level ten in ten in two seconds because something has happened. But just because it happened, God is still God, y'all. He's still God, even when it don't don't look like the the end of that thing is near. He is still God. A peculiar people set apart. Continue. That ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Marvelous light. Continue. Yes. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not our, uh, obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Realize who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Realize what position you stand in. Realize that you didn't have to be in a place where you could have the Holy Ghost, in a place where you could be delivered and set free, where your mind could be delivered, your hands and your feet delivered. Realize who you are and where you are in God. Sometimes I love the scripture that talks about joy in your salvation. If I can't joy what's going in my house or with the car or the bills, I can feel joy in my salvation. I have no reason to hold my head down because I can joy in my salvation. I could be lost. You could be lost. You could still be in sin. I don't care how bad it is. You could still be in sin. But you're not. You're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a peculiar people. So you still got a right to rejoice. You still got a right to. It said praises of him who had called you. When you were looking for a job and they said, well, we'll call you by Friday and let you. You were looking for that call. You were waiting for that call. Every call you didn't get. Some calls you just did not get. Sometimes that best high-paying job is the one you really wanted to call, and they didn't call. But that one that called, you excited, you happy, you joyful, because they called, they chose me. They told me they had to interview 10 people, and out of the 10, they chose me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God chose us. Jesus chose us. That's enough to rejoice. That's enough to be grateful and thankful in who he is in our, that we are of the chosen. He could have chosen my sister. He may have chosen my sister and my sister turned her back. He may have reached out to my mama and my mama said no. He may have reached out to brothers and they said no. But he chose me. And for that we should be grateful that he chose you. And because he chose you, he didn't just choose us to sit and look pretty. He didn't just choose us to look good in holiness. Because they tell us, you know, when I got saved, I know the look of the saints has changed over the years. Because we learned that we didn't have to look sad, mad, and depressed. We can look like a, we have a royal priesthood. We can look like we belong somewhere. But even in that, he didn't save you just to look good. 
We've gotten it twisted to where we look good, but we ain't got no more power. We sound good, but there's no power. There's no, um, no more of giving God the glory. We testify of all our material gains, but we've forgotten about the one that gives, the one that bless, the source of everything we have, everything we possessed. Amen. So he didn't save us just to sit. But he saved us with a purpose. He believed in us that we can make it. Jesus said that I prayed for you, that your faith fell at night. That says something to me. When I think about that scripture, he prayed. He prayed. We appreciate and honor those that pray for us. Jesus prayed for me, y'all. He prayed for you. The one that hung on a cross prayed for you. The one that healed, raised the dead. The one that died on the cross was put in a tomb for three days and came out, prayed for you. The one that blood was so powerful that the dead got up, he prayed for you. And if he prayed for us, surely we can make it. Surely we can endure. Who had called you out of the, into his marvelous light. That, yeah, not a regular light. This ain't no 60 watt. This ain't no LED. It ain't even stage lights. The marvelous light. Nothing compares to this light. This light, glory to God. This light shines in dark places where it's, you can turn off all the lights, but the glory of God that's in us is still going to be light. Remember some years ago, appreciation when the storm and the lights went out and the preacher kept preaching? Didn't we see the marvelous light? The power of God? Glory, that's a marvelous light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This light that shines in the dark areas of a life. Even though somebody may say, well, I've committed this, and I've killed, and I'm a drug addict, and I'm a drinker, I'm a smoker, I sell my body. Even in your dark life, there's a marvelous light that can shine. And that marvelous light, you know, have you seen a bright light where it's so bright it blinds you? That's his marvelous light. <laughs> the world becomes blind to who you used to be. God becomes blind to your past because there's such a marvelous light. Working in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Even if paper says what your history was, even if you got a, a report on you that says this is your record, you got a record that says you committed this and you committed that, that don't matter. That marvelous light blinds. So when you go apply for a job, it ain't about your record no more because of that marvelous light. I've heard the testimonies. God will do that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Tenth verse. Did you read ten? Yes, please. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. In time past were not a people. This one you. This this one for you, y'all. This one for you. You could still just be Roman. This was not for you. You could be in a situation where you didn't have the opportunity to go to glory. 
We Sometimes we easily forget that. We can take that thing lightly. But this didn't have to be your life. You can have the, you could be in a situation where we didn't have the opportunity to make glory our home, to go live with our creator, our maker, our redeemer, the soon coming king. This didn't have to be us. We are blessed. Which in time past were not a people. But, don't you love a good but? A comma and but. That means it's not over. Means that what it looks like in the beginning of the sentence, we're about to change that thing. That, that thing is not going to stand anymore. We're going to do a curve around that. But are now the people of God. Went from not being a people to being a people of God. Went to being not a people to being a people of God. Which had not obtained mercy. But now, I like now. there's another but. Now, in the English class, they probably tell you you can't do that. But God does what he wants to do. He, it said that all scriptures are given by the inspiration of God. So God does what he wants to do in these sentences and in these verses, don't he? But now have obtained mercy. I thank God for mercy today. I thank God for mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Another scripture I want to go to where he talked about that we were made a little lower than an angel. Psalms 8. Someone read that for me. Verses 3 through 8. This is how much he valued us. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. What is man? What is it about you? That thou art mindful of him. That everything God set in place, he was mindful of us. Everything he allowed to happen in the Bible days. Some stuff you read like, did that have to happen like that? That sounds pretty bad. But everything that happened, he was mindful of us. Glory to God. What is man? That thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him he's not just mindful but he also visits you know it's something when somebody call you and tell you i was thinking about you but how about if you're in the hospital and you you just show up it means something that you call that you on their mind or you send a text but when you pop up and they weren't expecting you they heart just melts they feel so special we are special in the eyesight of God, that he is mindful of us, and he's not just mindful, but he said, sometimes I'm going to come visit you. I'm going to show up where you are. I'm going to come and meet you right where you are and show you my glory and allow you to feel his presence. We know when the spirit is real high and it's free, we say thick. It's, it was thick in church today. <laughs> you could just cut it with a knife. It was so thick. Don't that feel good to know he's so mindful of you that he came to visit us in a service, that his presence was with us? That it's not just being preached and taught and heard, but when we experience his goodness, experience his greatness, and just it seems like sometimes he's just sitting right next to you. Sometimes it seems like you can 
storms around him. Oh, God, don't leave me. I want to continue to feel what I'm feeling. I want to be wrapped up, tied in that as they would sing. Amen. It feels good, amen, to be in his presence. But he is so mindful of us that he visits us. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Again, reading it and believing it. He said we put up. Did it say all? It said all. It didn't say uh, certain things. It, it said things encompasses a lot, doesn't it? And then to cover it, it said all. Put all things under his feet. We read it. We got to apply it and believe it, even for ourselves, that whatever you're going through, it's under my feet. Whatever I'm experiencing, it's under my feet. I know I got to look at it when I go home, but it's still under my feet. I know I got to hear it, but it's still under my feet. Put all things under his, and going back, it said dominion over the works of thy hands. Whatever my Sometimes I tell God, whatever my hands go to do for the church, bless it. Multiply it. Make it greater. Whatever my hands go to do, whatever I'm doing for God, bless it. He, because he said in that scripture, put, have dominion over the works of thy hands. And he covered the hands and then he covered the feet. What needs to be under your feet needs to be under your feet. What you need to operate with, with your hands, you need to operate. When you consider a doctor, and when a doctor goes in an in a, uh, OR, in a surgery, we pray that God guide the surgeon's hands. Give them what to do and what not to do. Let them, you know, move with ease and, and not be heavy-handed. Do whatever needs to be done. But God will even work in our to be used by God. God can use you to go speak into somebody's life. He can use you to pray a prayer of healing over somebody's life. God can use you. Young and older, God can use you. I'm almost done. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. Dominion. Dominion. Let me close it out with this. Jeremiah, the first chapter, at the fifth verse. Sometimes we spend more time downgrading ourselves and what we can accomplish in God or even naturally, but we have to learn to build up ourselves in God and what we can accomplish in God. 
that there's things that we can accomplish in him. Maybe the work he's put at your hands is not the same work that another sister has or another brother has, but we don't measure ourselves against our sister. We don't measure ourselves against our brother. We don't measure ourselves against a preacher or a, a pastor. That's not who you measure yourself. You measure yourself against what God told you to do. That's what he's expecting of us. You can do a lot of work, but you're doing somebody else's work, but not doing what God told you to do. And we're going to be judged on what he's instructed us. He can say, you did a good work. You did sister so-and-so work. You did it better than sister so-and-so. But that's not what I told you to do. Have you ever got a whooping for not doing what he told you to do? Have you ever got in trouble? Yeah, you said you heard that, oh, Lord. But not doing what, and then you would do it, but you didn't do it how he said do it. You would do it, and you would say, I did what you said, God. And then that dean, that's not how I said do that. We got to do it the way he said do it. Because whenever we start to orchestrate things on our own, we're getting on another track. And not staying with the track he's already laid out. His way is perfect. And his perfect way leads to great things. But when we get off track, you don't know where that track is headed. You're going to have to take some new ways, some new, are you going to, children of Israel, going around the mountain? You may have to go around a mountain just because you didn't stick with the path that he laid out. Just because we didn't do it how he said do it. It's going to take us 10 years to get back where we could have gotten it done in two. And what God is so loving about, he will tell us about ourselves. Now, if you just did what I told you to do, you wouldn't have to go through that. You wouldn't have to experience that. But because you did, you're going to have to reap what you sowed. Thank you, Jesus. Which reminds me of Esther. Esther didn't want to go before the king. And if you go back a little further than that, Esther's parents died. Mordecai took her in. He adopted her, shall we say. Grafted her in. And if you consider if Mordecai had not have adopted Esther, there's a path, y'all. There's a path. There's a way that's made. Yes, it was not good for her that her parents died, but God had a plan. And everything that happens, happens for a reason. And it's according to the plan that he's laid out for our life. We may not like the plan sometimes, but it's going to work for us if we stick with it. Yes, Esther didn't want to go before the king. She did not. She was looking at the fact of her life. She, could, she loved the people. But she didn't want to sacrifice herself to go do it. But when she made up in her mind, when she had a little talk with herself, she had a uh, come to Jesus meeting and realized, okay, if I'm going to do this, y'all going to need to fast and y'all going to need to pray. I need everybody backing me up in prayer and fasting so that I can go do what must be done. There's a reason for everything. There's a reason why it was her that the king favored. You know she wasn't the only pretty one. 
You know there was other beautiful women. She was not the only one. But the king favored Esther. But there was a reason. The king didn't realize it. Esther didn't even realize it. Mordecai didn't even know this was about to go down. But the king favored Esther. Because there was going to be a such, a such a time as this to come along that she was going to be in place to save the people. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I already knew you. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He's talking to Jeremiah. Because, you know, Jeremiah was on a roller coaster. Sometimes up, sometimes down. Sometimes confident, sometimes sure, sometimes down. Sometimes he didn't know. He was on that roller coaster. Then said I, I, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. I can't do this. But the Lord said unto me, say not. I am a child. It's almost like God is saying, I know who you are. He knew who you were when he called you. He knew who you were when he saved you. He knew what your past was when he called your name. He knew what you had committed two days ago. But he still wanted to save your soul. He still wanted to deliver you. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Just do what I'm instructing you to do. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, said the Lord. This is what we must remember, what God was speaking even to Jeremiah. Be not afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of what the devil has thrown your way. Don't be afraid of what the devil is doing in your life. Don't be afraid. He said, for I am with thee. To deliver it. You're not by yourself. You're not alone. You're not the only one going through. You're not the only one. You're not in that situation and God is on the other side of the world. He encompasses all in every second of every day. He knows what's going on in every house. He knows you so well. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And you know you lost 50 this morning. He knows. He keeping count. We can't even keep count. We can't keep count so that we put weave in our head. So we can't keep count. <laughs> but he know what's up under there. He still know. Oh, that's how powerful I got. That's how much he love us and is concerned about us. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee. To deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Sometimes we got to, God touched my mouth. It, it, it's not coming together. It, it, help me. Did you say hope me? Hope me, Lord. Some of us need some hope. There is hope. Hope thou in God. Sometimes we got God. Have you ever just. Maybe saying how you felt in the moment, and all of a sudden you just stop. You just shut your mouth. And you, Lord, I'm sorry. 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 I'm sor
what God did for Jeremiah, touched the root system. And so Jeremiah was healed. He walked away whole. He, he wasn't living out of, he wasn't complaining. He wasn't upset with God. So you ought to know this dude, whatever he talked about, whatever he said at your hands or at your feet, it's not going to be the same as somebody else. You can reach people that somebody else can't reach. You can witness to somebody that, that experienced, maybe you used to be a drug dealer. Well, you know how it was to be in a drug deal. Oh, who would I? How would I look? Even though I wasn't doing good, I, I just wanted to look better than my mama. So I said, okay, I'll tell her, God loves you. <laughs> and he can change anybody. <laughs> but you may know how to relate to them on the natural and work your way up to the spiritual. Because you've ran in that lane before. God can use you to operate in situations and in ways that nobody else can. Because he's chosen you to run in that lane. And the Lord said unto me, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. His words are powerful. But you know what? Sometimes, y'all, y'all going to have to let these words come out your mouth. It's not enough sometimes to just know it up here. You're going to have to speak that thing. Speak those things that be not as though they were. You're going to have to let them things come out your mouth if you really believe it. Sometimes we won't speak it because we don't want nobody to hear it, and then we be held accountable to what we spoke it. But you got to believe it. You're going to have to believe it. You got to have the confidence in God to believe it. Let me read this other scripture. Hebrews 10 and 35 says, cast not away, therefore your confidence, not your pastor confidence, not your sister, not the preacher confidence. You can cast not away your confidence. Where's your confidence in what this word say? Your confidence in what you believe your God to be able to do which hath great recompense of reward. Not little. Great. It has great recompense of reward. Cast not away, therefore your confidence. And, you know, it says cast not away because, you know, it is an easy thing to do. It's real easy when you come up against something hard. Here we go again. It's rearing its ugly head. It's like that serpent that keep rising about that fire. Cast not away. Even if it does rear its head again, okay, God, there's something I need to get that I didn't get the last time. There's something you're trying to show me and teach me that I can get it. Remember David? He may have made mistakes, but he never made the same mistake. He repented for what he did. But he never committed that thing again. Remember scripture that says, lay, lay not again the foundation of repentance from dead works? That's not what David did. David messed up. Okay, I get it. I, I ain't messing with nobody's wife. I'm done with that. I'm not going to mess with that no more. He learned his lesson. Cast not away your confidence. If you ever you repent. And okay, God, you are a forgiving God. 
So I'm not going to make that mistake again. And I'm not going to just go around making mistakes and say, well, I'm going to make a new one. And No. <laughs> Let me fix that up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, the scripture's not coming to me, but I know a scripture that talks about doing it willingly. And it's a sin. Well, you know what you're doing. You don't say, oh, I just messed up. Let me fix that up. No. Listen, you got to let it go. It sounds comical, but do you know some people believe this stuff? Some people really believe this stuff. And that's not how we operate as children of God. Amen. But cast not away your confidence. You got to have confidence in the God that you serve. And past that or uh, parallel to that, have confidence in the God that's in you. And the Holy Ghost says it's a power that's in you. Have confidence in it. Have confidence that he's operating and he's working in you. And wherever you need him to be, he with you. You're not by yourself. I know you woke up in a new trial, but you didn't wake up by yourself. I know you walked on the job in a new trial. They done moved your desk, gave you a smaller cubicle, gave you a desk and one chair. But God is with you. You're not by yourself. And you know, God don't need a second chair because he in you. You not by yourself. You not. Glory to God. Cast not away therefore your confidence. It has great reward, y'all. If we believe it, it has great reward. I'll read the last few verses of that Jeremiah. I'm sorry. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out. He had an assignment for him to root out. And don't just root it out. Pull down. And don't just pull down and root it out, but destroy. And to throw down. He had a mission that was assigned to him. He had a job that was for Jeremiah to do. Esther had a job that was for Esther to do. David had a job that was for Joseph had a job that was for Abigail had a job that was for Abigail to do. They had a job. Daniel had a job that he had to do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they had a job. They had to prove God that even though the people were against his, their God that he, glory to God, that he was able to deliver them. And if he don't, I know he can. If the situation don't change the way I want it to, it's just his will. And I got to stick with the path that he's laid out for me. At the end of the day, Romans 8 and 28, all things work together for the good. But you got to remember to the good of them that love the Lord. You got to remember to build up yourself. Trouble going to come. Challenges going to come. Tribulations, afflictions. These things are going, persecution. These things are going to come. But you got to learn to build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Take the word and run with it. 
We can hear it, but let's walk this thing out. Let's live what we hear. Let's live what we read. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Not a usual prayer, not that common prayer, but that prayer where God speaks through me. That prayer where God uses me to pray, to intercede for somebody else. Sometimes you got to intercede for yourself because the devil is playing tricks with your mind. He's playing tricks with your faith. He'll play tricks with what you believe. One day you questioning what you believe. And is this, this, and that, that. Sometimes you got to intercede for yourself. Sometimes don't think we've been saved so long that we not to be fought. Yes, we are. Because he's trying to get you out of place. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Next time, being an asset and not a liability. And we'll talk about Nehemiah the next time. Amen. We're all standing. Building up yourselves on your most holy ghost. On your most holy, say it again. Building up your, <laughs> on your most holy faith. Thank you. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Build up yourselves. Sometimes we'll say, well, so-and-so should have been here. They should have heard this. They should have been here for this. They need to hear this message. They need to hear that message. Everybody whom God wants to hear are going to hear. We got to make sure we're progressing. We got to make sure we're built up in him and not of ourselves. Not of even if miracle workings are happening through us, we're still humble enough to realize it's not us. It's God. And that God gets the glory. Build up yourself. Get stronger in him. So that what you encourage others with, you believe for your own self. You believe for your own situation. He don't just work in my life, a brother Butler's life, or Sister LaBrie's life. But if you carry in the Holy Ghost in you, it works in you. It works in you. And if you apply it, it'll work. If you approve it, it'll work. And it'll work for your good. Does anybody desire prayer?